Hi, this is Howard Jacobson. I'm delighted to be joined on the phone by Ashley Flitter, the unintentional vegan. Hello, Ashley. Hi, how are you? Excellent. So uh, we, we met a couple of weeks ago at a blogging conference in Portland, and I was really struck by the, the name of your, of your website, of your blog, The Unintentional mm-hmm. Vegan. Can you tell us a little bit about what that means? Yeah, so um, about actually almost exactly two years ago now, um, I started the blog, and that kind of came after about, um, I would say about a year of some health issues. I've been having some stomach problems, and I couldn't really figure out what was going on with me, and I went in and had an endoscopy and all those things, and all the tests came back negative, and which was great, but it still was kind of hard to figure out, you know, okay, I'm still going through these health issues, but they're not finding any help for me. So um, I met with one of the doctors, and they suggested that I might be lactose intolerant. So I cut out all dairy, and almost instantly felt, you know, 100% better. And I was like, well, let's see what else I can cut out, see, you know, what else will help. And so I cut out meat. And before I knew it, basically all that was separating me from being vegan was eggs. Um, And after reading about uh, five pages of um, eating animals, I was pretty much off eggs and um, have been vegan ever since. But it kind of came about unintentionally. Um, due to some of the health issues, so that's where the name of the blog came from. Got it. So um, I've talked to a lot of people who came to plant-based eating or veganism through um, a, a concern for animal welfare, and for, for those folks, what I have discovered is that the transition was a lot easier because there was mm-hmm. kind of a clear and white, clear and black and white line in the sand. Like, oh, I just don't, I don't do that anymore. Um, right. Was it different for you because you were sort of experimenting, um, you know, lo- looking for a, a, a personal health solution? I think in the beginning it was a little bit tougher, um, or I didn't, I wasn't as strict with it. Um, uh, when I went uh, vegetarian, I, I stuck to it just because I, I wanted, you know, I, I felt like it was a commitment I was making and that I needed to do it. But, um, you know, if there were eggs in something or you know, something like that. Like I didn't, exa- I didn't, I wasn't always reading all the labels of everything. Um, I definitely stayed away from dairy just because of the health issues, and I definitely didn't feel well when I was eating dairy. Um, but I would say for the eggs, it was a little bit more of um, just a trial and error process of you know learning what to look for. Um, and then when I went totally vegan, um, it was much tougher getting used to you know having to definitely read all the labels and making sure that. Um, I was kind of on top of those things, and it actually really helped me learn how to cook better because I had to make a lot of my own meals because I couldn't buy hardly anything that was processed anymore. But yeah, I would definitely say that it was it was a bit tougher in the beginning to transition just because, um, like you said, I wasn't it wasn't as black and white for me. It was more of an experiment for my health. Hmm. Did did you have did you find a community of people that, to support you? Oh, absolutely. Um, I would say right away, at least, um, most of it was online. Um, there are a lot of great bloggers out there that have these wonderful websites of resources that, you know, make it a lot easier to sort of take that dive into veganism. Um, but even my family and friends were pretty supportive of me, um, even if they didn't always understand why I was doing it. Um, they were definitely, you know, making strides to sort of help me out along the way and, and be mindful of the fact that I, I wasn't eating animal products anymore. Mm. 
I'm curious. I, ha- I haven't read Eating Animals. What in that book turned you off of eggs? Well, I kind of always assumed that factory farming, you know, I always knew sort of the the awful things that happened um, in those situations, but I always just associated it with meat. Um, I didn't really think about that as far as like eggs or dairy went. Um, and that book really lays it out pretty clearly of this is not just a meat issue. It's pretty much happening with any animal product that we that we eat that's coming from a commercial grocery store. Um, all these animals are being treated really horribly. And in some cases, you know, the the dairy cows and the, the egg-laying chickens are treated a lot worse than animals that we're consuming for meat. So mm, so that, that, that had become an ethical choice at that point. Yep, and that, I would say, like, reading that book was really um, my, sort of my black and white moment. I would say after that, it was it was pretty black and white for me, because it more became an animal rights thing than a health thing. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, um, what what did you notice in terms of your health and any, any other impact that going completely plant-based had? Um, well, well, like I said, when I cut out dairy, I felt... Um, much less tired. Um, I felt I didn't have any of the stomach problems anymore. Um, I wasn't feeling nauseous. Or I wasn't um, having any of those issues after I ate. Um, and then when I cut out meat, I just instantly felt like I had a lot more energy. Um, I felt, um, I don't know, I felt like I could finally um, do a lot of the activities that I'd, that I'd been wanting to do, but I would always get a little bit tired or fatigued. Um, I was sleeping a lot better. I've been kind of a lifelong insomniac, and I noticed that shortly after I went plant-based, um, I was able to start getting um, better sleep at night. So when I was sleeping, it was a lot better and a lot more relaxing. Um, but like I said, overall, I just felt a lot better. Um, I I haven't had any health issues since, I would say. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking on your uh, – this, this is your blog here. Is it – the readyforplanb.com is also you? Nope, that was um, a product that I did an interview for a oh, while okay. back. Okay, I guess I, I clicked the link from your from your blog to uh, mm-hmm. to this. So in, in this, um, you talk about uh, irritable bowel syndrome. Yep. Um, which I, I did a search on and discovered that it's not curable, according to Western medicine. <laughs> right. So that, that that has not been your experience. No, not at all. Um, I would say, you know, it's incurable if you don't change your eating habits. Um, you know, and it probably depends on, on the seriousness of the condition, too. Um, you know, for me, I'm not sure how along the spectrum how serious it was, um, but it was something that the doctor diagnosed me with. Um, and once I stopped eating dairy, um, I was I haven't had any recurrences of those issues, so... Hmm. Cool. So, um, do you find yourself in the role of an ambassador for plant-based eating? Do uh, you know? Do, are there people in your life who, who at this point, like, are curious about it, or maybe a little bit challenged by it? How, how do you navigate? Um, you know, you're, you're obviously public about it and promoting it through a blog. How do you how do you navigate mm-hmm. that in your in your daily life? Yeah, I think I'm definitely sort of um, an ambassador for plant-based eating. Um, I live in an area that there aren't many vegans or even vegetarians. Um, I think I work with one other vegetarian, and um, I don't know any other vegans in my area. 
within probably 100 miles of me. So um, it makes for interesting conversation a lot of times. Um, but people are mostly interested, um, and they I think that they see that I, you know, that I don't deprive myself, and I, I'm not really ever, um, you know, I'm not like the starving vegan who, you know, is pushing the, the meat around on their plate at weddings and things like that. But, um, you know, they see me and they see that I'm healthy and I'm an athlete too and they see that and I think that that sort of changes their mind about, you know, what it means to be plant-based. Um, I think a lot of people just assume that you're kind of frail and, you know, that you eat salad all the time. And so I feel like, you know, I definitely show them that that's not the only way to do it and that there are healthy ways to do it and that um, it really is a healthier alternative and it's also... Um, in my opinion, you know, morally, um, a more compassionate choice and, and sort of, um, leading in with the health aspect. And then I, you know, I sort of, um, put the animal rights things in there, um, as well. I sort of work them in with the health angle on things. Cause I find, I have found that people are much more responsive to wanting to either, you know, get healthier or they want to participate in activity and they want the energy and the ability to do that. And then sort of teaching them about some of the other um, moral issues um, once I get them interested. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it's almost like there's there's a way in which if you eat food that is harming the earth or other creatures, that there's there's just no way it can be good for you. And kind of the kind of a cosmic level, like it's, mm-hmm. it's at some point personal health and ethics collapse. Right. Into, into, uh, you know, it's like looking at yourself in the mirror and, and wanting to get rid of the mole and the person in the mirror, but not caring about <laughs> your own mole. It's like, it, right. it doesn't really work that way. Yep, exactly. Cool. So, um, what else do you do around plant-based eating, either, you know, as a hobby or professionally for, for people who want to follow, follow you and your work? Um, well, I do the blog, The Unintentional Vegan. And then um, I also uh, volunteer for an organization um, located in Minneapolis called Compassionate Action for Animals, and they're at exploreveg.org. And they're a really great organization, um, and actually uh, we're putting on our second annual VegFest um, this October, and it's going to be great. We had our first one last year, and we had a really good turnout. We had about 1,000 people show up, and... It was a great time, and it's sort of the, kind of the first of its kind here in Minneapolis. So um, it was very cool. Well, so, so actually, I, actually, I didn't, I didn't catch that. You're you're in the middle of cheese country. Uh, sort of, yeah. <laughs> Wisconsin's right next to me. <laughs> so, uh... but yes, there there are a lot of there are a lot of meat and potatoes people here. Yes, because it's it's farm country, and um, it's sort of very traditional in that way. Uh huh. Yeah, has and so you know there. Are... Do do you find that things are shifting, if if not maybe towards you know black and white veganism to to people shifting their diets to include more fruits and vegetables, whole grains, nuts and seeds? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you know there's definitely the interest there at least um, to want to go more plant based, and um, Minneapolis area is a little bit more progressive than where I'm at. I'm south of Minneapolis. Um, and there's definitely um, there's new sort of vegetarian and vegan restaurants popping up pretty frequently up there. Um, but even in my area, I found that even if people aren't um, ready to go vegetarian or vegan, they're they're looking to um, really know where their food is coming from. So you find a lot of people here that um, rather than buying, you know, meat, 
you know, at the local or at, you know, a chain grocery store, they're more likely to go to their, our local farmers or a neighbor or something like that. And then they sort of, they want to be able to follow the process more. And I think that knowing where your food is coming from is sort of the first step mm. towards, you know, a more plant-based diet, because the more you know, I think the harder it becomes to sort of justify that way of eating. Yeah, I th- I am a huge believer in awareness, um, both, mm-hmm. you know, slowing down my own eating so that I'm aware of what's going in my mouth so I can decide in real time if I want to keep eating it or stop mm-hmm. or have something else, and just awareness of the food system. And I have to say, you know, that I have a lot of friends here in uh, North Carolina who are into, you know, local farming, and that includes um, you know, egg and poultry and beef and, and mm-hmm. dairy production. And I've got to say, I find that um, extremely heartening that the, you know, people in the community are becoming more aware of where their food's coming from and they're choosing, mm-hmm. um, you know, not a factory farm, not Purdue or something like that, but something local. Right. That I th- you know, I think everyone's in the end of the day is going to make their own decisions. But if we're making our decisions based on, the same data, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's, it's much easier to, to have conversations and to talk to each other as opposed to most of the people I know are just in utter denial about where their food right. comes from and the cost. Yep. I, I totally agree with that. I, I definitely think that, you know, getting that, that larger perspective of the food system is, is definitely a step in the right direction. Oh. So I'm on, on your site, um, there's a lot of recipes. Um, are these recipes that you've invented or adapted? Yep. How, does, how does that work? Um, yep, those are my original recipes. I get inspiration from lots of places. Um, my recipes are by no means um, fancy in a lot of ways. Um, they're, they're things that, that people can, you know, put together for a weeknight dinner, and that's really sort of uh, what I strive for with my recipes it's something that any busy person can go to their kitchen and put together in a night. And a lot of, a lot of feedback that I get from people are, you know, you know, it's so hard, it must be so hard to, to be vegan or you only eat salads or I don't have the time or I don't have the money. Um, and so I really try to keep things pretty simple. Um, I use ingredients that you can commonly find. Uh, like I said, I'm in an area where, um, I don't have access to a lot of, I don't have a whole foods. I don't have access to a lot of, um, ingredients that some people use in their recipes. So I keep it pretty simple, stuff that you can find in any grocery store. And I try to make them all things that you could put together um, on a weeknight because I find that that's all the time that I usually have and that I'm probably not the only one that doesn't have time to, to you know, um, make some of these more involved recipes, you know, during the week. So. Right, they look they look simple enough, but I have to say they look beautiful. Um, well, thank you, you. Are you the photographer as well? Yeah, I'm working on that. Uh, that was one of my goals for this year was to uh, sort of improve the food photography on the blog. So, well, it looks looks good to me. Well, thank you. I'm just I'm looking at the uh, walnut scale pesto. Ah, uh, you know, it's it's in my experience, it's very hard to get pesto to look appetizing. <laughs> <laughs> on camera, true. You did, you did a great job. So well, I, yeah, I, I love how this the the site is really. It's it's not trying to be anything, you know, fancy. I'm um, looking mm-hmm. at the, the tropical coconut pancakes. The uh, looks looks really 
sort of s- simple and interesting and common sense. Like, like what I'm getting from you is not necessarily the recipe or it's just a way to think about, uh, ways to eat healthy, um, that, that don't take a ton of time. Yep. Um, I definitely try to focus on, you know, giving people options too. Um, one of my friends, JL Fields, she does, JL goes vegan. Um, she sort of introduced me to the idea of intuitive cooking. And I sort of approach my recipes from that way of like, I'm going to give you sort of an idea and the base. And then I want people to feel free to, you know, experiment in the kitchen because cooking is sort of one of those things that you just have to do more of to get comfortable. And I feel like if you put too many caveats in there or restrictions on what you can do or what you can't do, I think that that just deters people from actually ever getting in the kitchen and trying it. So I try to be as, you know, welcoming to all levels of cooking as possible and just try to say, hey, if you don't have this, you can try this. Or if you don't like coconut, don't put coconut in, put blueberries or something like that. You know, trying to give people, um, you know, more freedom to sort of do what they they want in the kitchen rather than, you know, regular cookbooks that just sort of say, like, this is how it has to be. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'm looking at the uh, kebabs, so I think I think I'm going to cook those tomorrow. So Ooh, I'll, uh, good choice. I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah, we got to, you know, mm-hmm. everyone's firing up the grills, so we got to, yep. we, we got to stand our ground. <laughs> so. Absolutely. All right. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. Yes, thank you. All thank right, you well, so much. Take care, and we'll be in touch. Sounds good. Bye. Bye bye.